0: Hey, I'm Nick Von Brack, and this is The Record Podcast. Welcome to episode 11. To all my previous listeners, thanks for coming back for this episode. And for new listeners, thanks for checking it out. For those of you who haven't heard the show before, this is a podcast where I talk to musicians and people in the music industry about working in that field, stories that we share together, You know what it's like in the music industry and outside of it, being a part of it, families at home, stories like that, and... Uh, it's usually a good time, a lot of a lot of good laughs and some good serious talks too. And today is no exception. My guest for the show today is Duraja Lang. He is the former drummer of Glassjaw and Saves the Day and is currently drumming for the band Burn. And we talk about a lot of good stuff actually. We talk about him getting signed while he's with Glassjaw, getting kicked out of the band, rejoining the band touring the world, being broke, anxiety attacks, his experiences and saves the day. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff here. It's not a super long podcast, but we cover a lot of good stuff. And he had some good rowdy uh, roommates in the background making, you know, cracking wise and having a good time. So that was fun too. So big thanks goes out to Daraja and his roommates for a good episode. Not a whole lot of an intro here. Uh, Giveaway this week since our guest is Daraja Lang. We're going to be giving away a glass straw shirt. So same rules apply as always, just... Go out there on Twitter, on Facebook, promote the podcast. Just get creative. And as long as you tag or link me into it for uh, wherever you're posting it, send me whatever you're doing, then I will pick a winner out of that and I'll get in touch with you. So if you're posting on Twitter, just make sure to tag at The Record Podcast without the A. And on Facebook, it's The Record Podcast and anywhere else. I think that's it. But get creative and go out there and win yourself a sweet glass straw shirt. All right, let's get to it. Here's my interview with Daraja Lang. Nicely done.
1: Yep, it was my I/O setting. Sorry about that.
0: Oh, don't worry about it, man. I'm sorry for interrupting your uh, your roomies having a good time and you relaxing. Oh
1: shit! I don't think I was really relaxing. I was <laughs> I, I was cooking. Do you want to oh, say hi to everybody? This yeah. is everybody. This is Nick. Nick's. Hell yeah! Hey everyone. Hi Nick.
0: <laughs> what hi. are we What are we cooking?
1: I was making some miso soup, man. You want some? Oh
0: man, that sounds really good right about now. Okay.
1: Yeah,
0: where do you live? I live uh suburbs of Chicago.
1: Chicago,
0: Chicago. 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 you have that accent, Chicago. man. I always
1: orange
0: slices. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't know the uh the uh the thing to dictate with was uh orange slices for yeah. Midwest accent.
2: <laughs> Capri Sun?
0: You Capri Sun. <laughs> Capri Sun. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: you're, you're a lifer, right, Nick? Yeah, man. Yeah. That's
1: what I thought. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, how you doing, man? I'm all right, man. What's cooking with you? Nothing, man. Just, uh, you know, having a baby and working and all that shit. Are you having a baby? I had a baby. I got a four-month-old.
1: Holy shit. Well, congratulations. How's, how's that?
0: Uh, you know, super stressful and. Uh, I've heard. <laughs> yeah no it's good though she's doing good
1: okay what
0: about what about you what are you up to these days i mean i i just can't get over that i ran into you the last time i was in new york randomly
1: that was like super weird <laughs> because like it's always terrifying when i'm like walking down the street in new york and somebody calls my name almost sure like, oh, Who's this gonna be <laughs> uh, yeah i was really glad it was you
0: <laughs> yeah it was a good that was a good little moment especially because I had I had worked all day and I was like I don't want to fucking go out. It's late. I'm tired. And then my buddy's like, Yeah, come to this bar. It's this cool thing. It's free, whatever. And then I, you, I've done this before where someone walks by and I'm like, No, that's not them. I'm not going to say anything. But I was like, Damn it, that looks like Daraja. I'm just going to, you know what? I don't know anybody here, and if I'm embarrassed, I'll just run right into this bar. So I just, just (laughs) so happened uh, I didn't have to be embarrassed, and it was actually unit. And when you looked at me, I was like, Oh shit, you don't, you don't, you have no idea who I am, do you? (laughs) And then you knew who I was. So it was good.
1: Yeah. I I remember you. We we spent some time together.
0: <laughs> so yeah, man. Um so yeah, I try to make these things like as non formal as possible. But um, that's really cool. I'm super not into
1: formal unless it's <laughs> like dress wear. I mean yeah. i love to wear a suit every day, but I can't
0: Well you can dress formally, but we're gonna talk casually. So if okay. you're in a if you're in a suit, that'd be preferred. I so wanna you be can professional.
1: Give five minutes to get changed.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay, cool. <laughs> so where um so where so i'll just go all the way back where um not even musically but like where did you where'd you grow up like where are you are you a lifer on the east coast oh
1: boy hometown shout out yeah
0: um i'm
1: i'm from huntington in long island and coincidentally so is my roommate ash which is super (laughs) weird because we didn't know each other beforehand (laughs) yo that's a tough
0: crew in there man it is I'm kind of glad I'm not there. It sounds like a rough and tumble bunch.
2: New Jersey is exactly the same as Long
1: Island. Don't delude yourself. (laughs) (laughs) New Jersey is like Long Island with more garbage.
0: Man, that's really giving it a good name then.
3: <laughs>
0: Whoa, I so yeah, I'm from Huntington in New- in
1: Milan, New York.
0: Okay. Um
1: Yeah, I think that's a pretty solid answer for that question. I'm not, <laughs> not sure how much further I can get
0: into that. That's that's good, man. Um so where uh so where does music come in play? Are you like I've talked to a couple of people where you know they were in the high school or grade school band, some people just like picked it up in college. Like where's that where do you jump in?
1: For me, like my father was a guy who at least owned a drum set and possibly was a drummer yeah and he had a bunch of bands that he played in when i was a child as well as owning like a record distribution thing that he did for money when i was a kid okay and i used to listen to a lot of i was exposed to a lot of music through him and then i also used to like fall asleep in like his bass drum, oddly enough, while his band were practicing, <laughs> which seems totally counterintuitive to like sleep, but yeah.
0: here we are. <laughs> um, yeah, that lays the groundwork pretty well. Then,
1: yeah. So it was like it was something that I've been into since like a
0: very stupidly young age. Like I
1: started like fucking around with his drums before I could hit the bass drum pedal.
0: So it was always drums. It was never any other instruments, or did you dabble in other?
1: I mean, he was always very kind of indifferent towards drums because he played them kind of and like granted he he played on like a very surface level to some degree but like he was you hit it with a stick it sounds like a drum right it's impressive (laughs) so he like was really about me playing guitar and like I did and like I ended up going to Berkeley College of Music for guitar yeah I was like 18 and then I, I don't I became a drummer because there was just more opportunities for drummers really
0: you know so did yep. you did you go to Berkeley and graduate, or did you go for a little bit? And
1: I went there, hated it, and yeah. then left. Like basically, I had like a moment of clarity in an elevator at one point in time, where like I overheard some of my classmates like being like, "Man, when I get out of this school that I'm paying like sixty thousand dollars a year or something, oh, like shit, that or <laughs> I want to go play in clubs." And I had this moment where I was kind of like, "I've kind of been playing in clubs since I was like." a kid since with yeah. the dad's friends. Like I don't need to like run myself into fucking debt to do that. <laughs> Especially considering that like the idea of being a music teacher for me was like really kind of a non-starter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, I feel like any of, any opinions I've heard about people who go to Berkeley? Either they they go there for a little bit and drop out because they realize they don't need to do it, or they go there, graduate, and go, yeah, I didn't need to go there. Like either way, there's like there's pretty much an overwhelming like, yeah, I didn't need to go there kind of feeling about Berkeley, or just music college, like going to school for music a lot of the time.
1: Well, I mean, sure. I mean, you know, going to any sort of art school is kind of a little bit yeah. ridiculous in some way because it's just kind of like. You know, like my girlfriend went to art school, and I used to like you know like help her with assignments and stuff, and it was like just madness. It was like you know like these people like you know you have to like write these papers about people who like you know oh I took a photograph of another photograph and I'm an <laughs> artist and I'm kind of like the
3: fuck out of here like you're
1: a con artist you fucking shithead like you know and so yeah I mean it it, it it struck me as a little bit ridiculous I mean the, I was initially very excited to go to Berkeley. Sure. As soon as I got there, I was kind of like, this is not at all what I was expecting. And this is like, kind of like very confining actually. And I don't like it. And so like, I was like, I'm just going to go like roll the dice and see what happens if I just like put myself out there and go starve in a van instead of doing this.
0: Sure. So what, so you go to Berkeley and you pretty much knew right away, like you said, you're, yeah, this is not for me. Did you had you been in bands up until going there, or like when did like professionally sure. playing in bands kick in?
1: I started playing in, like in like I mean bands with quotation marks when I was like
0: oh yeah that's what I mean like high school whatever grade school when does it start? Yeah, I mean I
1: was like you know not not quite grade school. I mean I tried, but we couldn't get it fucking together. Like you know I didn't really know how to structure a song at that point in time.
0: I would love to, if someone came up to you and told you that you got to get it. You got to get the fuck together, man. You're in sixth grade. Let's get this going. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That would be kind of amazing. I mean, I start doing that, I think. Uh, like, two of my roommates are teachers, and I think I am going to start going and like finding like their like musically gifted students and like life coaching them in like totally inappropriate ways and being like, do "You want this or not?" <laughs> Drop weird. out
0: now and get in the fucking clubs already, man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just do it. So what? Like, I, I that's something I at some point in the conversation I always try to like what were the band names you were in? Cause everyone's like high school band names. I love hearing cause they're always the most ridiculous fucking things or, you know, whatever grade school or anything. Do you remember how many can you go back to?
1: I can go back a ways. I'm trying to think of like the first one that I did. We never even played a show because it just, that wasn't something we were capable of at that point in time, I guess. Right. But I think it was like, I, I, you know, I'm going to come back to that one. If I remember, sure. But that's fine. Let's start with, there was Black Rain, spelled R-E-I-G-N, which sounded really tough when I was, like, fucking 11 or 12 years old.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a metal band.
1: It kind of (laughs) was. Like, it was, like, a lot of guys that were into metal, and then, like, I was kind of just getting into hardcore, so I was, like, everything sounded like a bad Biohazard song or something (laughs) like that. (laughs) Um, Then there was One Step Down,
0: Okay, that sounded more hardcore punk band name.
1: It is, and that band eventually became Days Lost. Okay. And then after that, what else was there? There was Undermined, um, also similar genre. And then there was a band called Knives in Greenwater, which is actually kind of like literary, and like I'm not embarrassed about that because it's from a Hunter S. Thompson novel. But- Fair enough.
0: that's when it starts getting, you start yeah, yeah start and, having some taste and
1: like, <laughs> oh, well, maybe I shouldn't just slam three words together. Then.
0: But, uh, yeah. I think the, the first high school band I was in, we just, we went to blockbuster when we didn't have a band name and we picked out a movie. we are like, that sounds cool. And we were above suspicion. And that was the name of our band. And it was like some Samuel Jackson, like random movie I'd never heard of. And I still haven't seen it to this day, but yeah, I mean, we we'll
1: probably oh. get together and watch it next time we hang <laughs> <laughs> out. We can would, both like kangol hats and then sit down <laughs> together and say, "Motherfucker, it'll be great." I'd love
0: that. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so in the midst of all that, at what is there? Do you remember like anything happening where like, oh, I kind of want to do this professionally, like outside of going to Berkeley or anything? Is there a point where I don't know? You go to a show or anything like, I want to. I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to. I'm going to tour and just you know Ooh. pursue this
1: i mean i don't know i mean it's weird because like as a young kid before i understood anything about like the i mean because you know it's kind of like playing fucking parable it's like you know right. i have a better chance of like falling down the fucking stairs and breaking my stupid neck buying the ticket than i of winning so it's just <laughs> kind of like you know like when you're a kid you don't realize those things and that's right. not even information that you're able to deal with so it's like you know yeah as a young kid it was like kind of like, yeah i want to be in a rock band or whatever yeah then like as you get older and you start realizing that life is horribly fucking depressing sometimes (laughs) you don't necessarily get what you want to do it's like kind of like it became less and less of a thing that i wanted to do yeah but then i started like touring a lot and i was touring just because like hey this gets me the fuck out of new york and i hate long island and like you know like if like like I just, I just wanted to get out. And, yeah. Like, it wasn't necessarily a career choice so much as it was just kind of like, this is something to do. Yeah. In some sense. And, you know, I still remember being very bewildered when certain contemporaries of mine started like actually having like careers in music. Like the right. day got like a video on MTV and like a tour with a Weezer that seemed impossible <laughs> to me. You know, it was like, it was a really weird time. Cause like, I mean that shit seems so quaint now. It's kind of like, oh, you have a music video. But I was like yeah. at the time that was kind right. of a feel, you know. Yeah. And so like, yeah. I mean, like, it was weird seeing friends that I had like grown up with, uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> my roommates appreciating your avatar right now on Skype. Actually, <laughs> for anybody Nick listening, Von if this Brock. makes it yeah. in,
0: yeah, it's, good pronunciation. That's good.
2: Uh, really? Is that correct?
0: Yeah, most it's surprising. A lot of people, it's pretty phonetically spelled, and like half the time, people screw it up pretty easily. So, like,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love this element that's going on right now. I love, I love everything about it. So that, so you actually brought up saves the day, and I was going to ask at some point, so I was asking now because I just kind of assumed you and Manny like jumped into the band like they needed people, and you, you know, were kind of like hired guns but you by the sounds of it you knew them or like like you said you were contemporaries way back so where we do you
1: together but I mean like we didn't necessarily like
0: hang out and okay.
1: I mean it was like we we eventually figured it out once me and Manny were doing it that like there was this one show we all played in I want to say like, Delaware at like University of Delaware where it was Evan's first show with Saves the Day mm-hmm. Manny's first show with Glass Jaw. And then also Evan's last show with his old band that I would go on to play with as a new band called The Strider. Okay. And like it was just, like, basically everybody that was significant in my life for like, the next 15 years was in, like, on the same stage at one moment kind of thing. That's crazy. Like, we didn't know each other. So it's like super incestuous and weird. <laughs> but like, yeah.
0: And I feel like every, anytime I've seen you for, for a long time, anytime I've checked in or When we crossed paths, you were always, you and Manny were always like a package deal. How long is that? Like, have you guys just always been in bands together for a long time? Or how did that come about? I
1: mean, it started with Glassjaw, really. Like, he joined Glassjaw right before we got signed, right before I got kicked the fuck out. (laughs) And... uh... You know, I wasn't in Glassjaw for a long time or a decently long amount of time when you're that age. Sure. And in 2005, like, I got the phone call about doing it again. And at first I was kind of like super reticent to do it. Right. But then, like, I heard that Manny was possibly going to do it. And, you know, I love Manny as a bass player. So I was like, I hung up with Beck and I called Manny and I was like, are you actually going to do this thing? and like he was like yeah i think so like i think i think i think manny might have been the one that actually like brought my name up to beck gotcha but pretty much like since then 2005 we've done just about everything together like i did one rehearsal with a bass player that wasn't manny a couple of years ago like three or four years ago and it was like it was kind of frustrating and a bummer
0: (laughs) (laughs) well when you know what you like you stick with it man and that's yep. kind of that's kind of nice for every band you've been in. So it's not like you know, for them, they know that you two are you know you play together and you know each other well. It's not like a complete you know guessing yep. game. And for you two guys, you don't feel like all right, let's see what this thing's all about. And I'm by myself. Like you have someone to go in with that situation. So I think hey, sure. it works out pretty damn well.
1: I mean, he was in Saves of the Day before I was. Like, oh, okay, like a couple years, I think, of it on me. But like when like I guess. Their old drummer, Pete Parada, quit right before a tour. Okay. And Manny, I guess, was just kind of like, I have an idea. And they called me and was like, are you available? And I was like, yeah, my band just broke up, actually, oddly enough. And then he was like, could you play these kind of songs? I hadn't been playing pop punk in a long time. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, I'll have to, like, you know, get back in that kind of headspace. But, I mean, I've done stuff like this before. I mean, the Strider was kind of like very similar to what Saves the Day was doing, you know? Okay. So like, it was like, you know, it just worked out.
0: even before all that so what I I think my at least my little bit of knowledge that I have is that is the first serious professional touring band that either got signed or was like you were pursuing it full time was that classic crime or what how far back does it go oh
1: I mean I mean I guess well, it wasn't Classic Crime. Classic Case was the band that I was oh, in. Oh,
0: Classic Case. So
1: classic Crime is, I think, like a tooth and nail band. Gotcha. We were always confused for them, so it's
0: actually kind of a <laughs> that. That, I'm but, just showing how little I know. It's okay, man. Ain't, ain't nobody know. <laughs>
1: I guess like the first band that got signed was Glassjaw. I mean like,
0: I was like really young when
1: that happened. Yeah so like, how
0: old were you when I just yeah I, the history of what at what point you were in what bands it just is I mean to me I'm just like you were in all these bands at all the same time in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not how that
1: happened. <laughs> um,
3: <Yeah>.
2: Thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but no I was I was eighteen when Glassjaw got a record deal and okay. it was super disorienting because like if you're like that young and stupid you kind of feel like oh this is it my life is totally going to change sure. like, and like
3: yeah.
1: it's totally not that at all it's just like kind of like I mean like, even if I hadn't gotten kicked out it would have been just like years of like doing doing tours where nobody cares about your band and like just like eating crow you know yeah I mean like things started happening better when I started doing it again in like 05 but like to hear like back talk about it. it, just it just it just sounds like they really were just they were grinding really hard for like however many years, and then like they took a break, and then they came back, and it was kind of like people were interested all of a sudden.
0: That's weird how that works, man. Especially because I mean, I mean, in just in the bands that you've been in, it seems like from what I know, yeah, you were in Save the Dan John. Those are and both times that I've seen. Well, not both times. I saw you with Saves the Day more than a couple times, but yeah. just seeing you at the times that I saw you with those bands, I mean, it was just massive crowds. So I could just, I could not imagine you being in that band at a time where it wasn't that. Because that's my knowledge. That's just what I saw. So it's, it's just crazy to me.
1: It Saves the Day. That was always like pretty substantial audiences for me. Yeah. Like you know, like I was more than, like, you know, like I was really thrilled with my life when I first started playing with them was like, you know, I mean, like literally like, you know, it, the saves the day gig changed my fucking life in a lot of ways, just in terms of like, kind of like Mm -hmm. consistency of touring and like being able to kind of like, not be just terrified of like being evicted all the time and shit like that. Um, and then the the glass draw thing like you know whenever we were touring was like a similar kind of bag where it was just like you know it was like really good by comparison to like what i've been doing because you know like i was so used to like you know okay you go on tour for like two and a half months or something like that and you come home with like six hundred dollars that aren't even really yours because they're technically the merch companies (laughs) and so you're, you're essentially living off making debt kind of thing yeah and then you know you like I was living down south at the time, so rent was super affordable. So it was like you run to your like part-time job and you know, you work four shifts to make rent, and so you can bank the six hundred dollars that you'll eventually have to pay back anyway.
0: Right. <laughs> so what so what was that like at the time? Like cause even me, I mean us touring and then going to work jobs, that was that was nothing because no one knew who we were aside from like a couple friends here and there. But like in the position you were in, if you were off tour with Hour Saves a Day. I mean, would people ask you be like, would you even say what you were doing? Or would they be like freaking out? Like, what are you doing here? Like, why are you like, because I, I always love the disconnect some people have who don't know. They're like, what do you mean? You're on a band, you tour. Like, why are you working anything else? Like, aren't you set now?
1: I mean, I got a good, I mean, like, I got a good story. I mean, like, I wasn't really doing much except for playing music when I was doing both Glass Show and Saves today, 'cause because that was like, sure, it, it was enough to kind of float me. I mean, I wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like a rap video, but it was like, you know, it was sustainable kind yeah. of, but like, you know, there was this one time and it's funny because like, he's involved in music, but Billy, Billy, my friend, Billy Reimer from Dillinger Escape Plan, like when I moved back to New York, like, you know, we started hanging and stuff. And one time he came to like, pick me up to go to a jazz show in New York mm-hmm mom's house oh, and like you know my mom's like you know done well for herself she's grinded her whole life kind of thing yeah and like he like rolls up in the driveway and like i get into the car with him and he kind of like looks at me and he goes like did you buy this house with glass straw money and i was kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> I like you know, I, I i bought some clothing with that meals you know like but like yeah there's no way there's just no fucking way yeah. you know
0: <laughs> oh man I i mean and that's like for a long time I wanted to do like my big idea was I want to do like a documentary or some kind of little series that kind of debunks or shows that other side and then I ended up just kind of working my way into doing this that would eventually people would tell stories to kind of like you know showcase that stuff but I just I love I love those stories I love people like figuring that out and I guess it's more apparent now you know people posting stories online and getting more involved in the background of bands and stuff but like just seeing a person's face for the first time and be like, wait, like, they're still at home? They live at home with their parents? Like, what is that about, like, a, that blowing their mind? Oh, yeah. that you don't fucking make hey, any I, money.
1: <laughs> when me and my ex broke up and I moved from Houston to, like, New York, it was just kind of like, I was so financially devastated from everything that I was just kind of like, I didn't have a choice in the matter. I was, I was lucky that I had that as an option. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But, uh, I mean... I guess that is kind of a thing people i mean I feel like people assume it's kind of like i've i 've been to Glashaw the shows there's thousands of people there it 's like yeah, sure, but th- everything about those shows costs money you know it's just like right. that 's just the reality of it so it 's like your take home, even if it 's pretty solid, is kind of like i mean it's it's not bad, but it 's not good, you know? yeah,
0: yeah by the time you've yeah you Paid for traveling there and eating and your rent and all. Yeah. But you're lucky to have a little bit just left over in your pocket. It's like, all right, back to square one.
1: (laughs) Sure. And like you know, it's
0: kind of like, you know, like it's,
1: it's hard to bitch about because it's things where it's like, you know, like ostensibly this is a choice that I made. Yeah. But like, it's still just always like kind of like it, sadly funny to me how like crazily wealthy people assume you are if you're in like a certain level of band that's totally not that right. kind of, you unless, here and you're in your Bentley and I'm kind of like I, I fucking <laughs> I hate cars not, you know
0: yeah unless your band is getting songs like like, uh, you know in movies and shows and shit like unless you're going that route if you're just touring and just grinding it out yeah you're not you're just kind of getting by
1: Sure, I mean you know like, like sequencing like you know like doing like movie songs and stuff like that and commercials and is like I mean, a very viable revenue stream.
2: And if you really like it, you're t-
1: but I mean, it's just kind of like unless you're like a very uh, sort of specific kind of band, that's not super duper yeah, open to right. you. Right. know, like, that's true. And then it's also like one of those things where it's like yeah,
2: and this show, everything about.
1: I mean, for me, there's something inherently kind of sad about like somebody basically only getting money for their art via like attaching it to some sort of advertising. Yeah. And like, you know, I mean, not to say that I'm like above that or some shit, I would totally do it, but I mean, yeah. it's just like, it's still like one of those things where it's like kind of like, it's, it's kind of like prostitution. Yeah. A little bit, you know?
0: <laughs> it's just a bummer that it has to come to that. Cause really outside of that, unless you're yeah, selling, albums or you're doing well otherwise yeah you kind of have to just pimp yourself out to that kind of thing yeah so when like i've talked to a few different people who have done the multiple bands at once thing and i think your level of it is kind of a different level being in two well-recognized bands but something that i'm curious about is like jumping jumping into a band like saves the day or bands that are kind of already going or that already have a history do you do you kind of sort out like what your role is in it in terms of like, all right, so you're not a founding member, but you are playing with us now. So does it, like, I don't know, like not, I guess not necessarily only money stuff, but like, I feel like that could get muddy because like in saves the day situation, Chris is the guy. So then after that, it's like, is there anything discussed or do you kind of just say, you know, whatever money comes my way is fine. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a serious business. So you kind of have to figure that out, but I'm always curious for,
1: I've gotten, good over the years of basically being like, this is what I need to keep doing this. that—that gotcha. That is less tricky for me in a lot of senses because it's just like, it's not really debatable. It's like, you know, I, I need X amount to fucking stay alive. Right. <laughs> um, but the thing that gets really dicey is with like where people will make like deals about like percentages of like whatever with you. It's kind of like, and they don't want you to necessarily critique right. the d- direction that they're going, but you also have an, like, an active interest in it now because you're somebody who makes a living by selling records. Right. It's like, you know, or just even people coming to shows, it's like, you want to write a song that keeps people interested. Sure. And, like, sometimes that that can get super tense and awkward. And, like, it's actually, like, a bummer. I mean, like, I think at this point in time, like, maybe me and Manny will start a band that's, like, our own thing. But, like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be, like, an actual, like, dyed-in-the-wool member of any band ever again. Just because it's, like, it seems way simpler for me to, like just relinquish control and be kind of like, this is, this is, this is what I need on a weekly basis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, so I don't know if you know this, I talked about it one time, I forget in a different uh, conversation I had with somebody, but there was a, there was a minute right after you left where I almost jumped in to saves the day. I don't know if I ever told you that. No,
3: you never did, man.
0: (laughs) It was, it, it it was kind of bad circumstances because the, I just left Dr. Manhattan and I went off to school and then I, I saw some announcement that you and Manny left. And so I texted Chris and was like, Hey, if you need a fill in for like a tour or something, let me know. And then it ended up bouncing back and forth to him being like, well, do you just want to jump in full time? And I had this weird moment of like, I, I don't think I can do that, man. <laughs> like as much as I want to, I just left this band. because I said, I didn't want to like be gone anymore. So I felt, I felt it was kind of uh it would have looked shitty on my part, but. Sure. <laughs> But there was a minute where I was like, ah, shit, I probably should just do this right now, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I get it. I mean, like, I, I, I keep going back and forth about my how much of my time I want to devote to playing music at this point as well. Where right. it's like, you know, to some degree, I just want to do whatever I want to do. Yeah. But if you're doing it professionally, is not super feasible. And, like, particularly with my interests, it's kind of like... You know, I like to play like obnoxious music that's for like snobs. So it's just (laughs) like, you know, that's not a huge market.
0: (laughs) Uh, But you, but you have chops, like, you know what you're doing. Whereas I cannot read music for if, if I had to save my life to do it, I can't fucking make sense of it. So I feel like even on your end of it, you could be giving lessons or doing things to like, like if it really came down to it and you really had to do something, you could, I mean, you could go that route. Have you considered uh, I mean,
1: that? I've done some lessons and stuff like that. I mean, it's weird because I'm actually like, especially with drums, I'm more or less self-taught.
0: Right. Okay.
1: So like I can read, but it's a struggle.
0: Yeah. And,
1: you know, like there's nothing worse than like, you know, like a student, like looking at the teacher and being kind of like, you have no idea what the fuck you tell.
0: I gave one lesson one time. My brother-in-law was like, oh, my buddy's younger sister wants to me play the drums and I was like I don't know and th- I mean is a long time ago I was like I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna tell this person I have no idea so I think all I did was I put on music and I was like okay we're just gonna listen to like these different drummers so you can see what kind of different music I think I put on like Blink-182 and Dillinger Escape Plan this was like a middle school girl or something and like just tried to show her that there's all these different styles <laughs> And then I think the rest of the time I just I just spent like setting up her drum kit and that was it. So,
1: listen, listen Travis. I have to talk to my roommate for a second. Parker. I'm sorry. It's all right. Sparker is easily the most interesting thing in Blink One Eighty Two. Easily,
2: well, no, because <laughs> Tom said he got abducted by
1: Well, done, yeah. Tom has lost his mind. Apparently, that's that's unfortunate.
2: <laughs> I played his fucking podcast for <laughs> my students. Who I teach
1: <laughs> Tom DeLonge has a podcast.
2: Wait, Tom DeLonge has a podcast. About
1: Stop yeah. talking.
2: And Tom said that he got affected
1: by aliens and then he exists. Just- you know, you know, no, 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 right. no. We, we all are. But- hey Forbes, do you want to say hi, Forbes? Forbes say hello. What is Michael Bolton? <laughs> hey, that's
0: all I heard was Michael Michael Bolton
1: Michael Bolton does live here though I do have a roommate named named Michael (laughs) Bolton and that's not a joke and Uh, uh, it's also not that uh, Michael Bolton it's not true Michael Bolton he sings for us every night
0: (laughs) that's incredible (laughs)
3: wait is that him
0: no Okay. (laughs) no it's us that was great
1: yeah, there's a
0: there's a good vibe going on in that in that place. Is this what it's like all the time there?
1: I mean, not all the time, but pretty regularly. It's it's pretty it's pretty uh giggly and copacetic more often than not.
0: So where are you? Where where do you live now? Is it Long Island, or are you more in the city?
1: No, nah, I'm in South Williamsburg. They, they, it's Brooklyn, so my roommate wasn't wrong, but yelling it in that accent probably <laughs> is like a bit far for this part, like it's like <laughs> it's more like I live in Brooklyn like, you know than, like,
0: <laughs> that sounds more like a basic white girl accent, yeah, <laughs> bit, but, like, so, yeah, so like South Williamsburg is like pretty mellow
2: <laughs> so so
0: so my knowledge spans about this far where so i I think I saw, last time I was in New York when I saw you was like, I don't know, six months ago or nine months ago. And then I came through again, but I stayed with my buddy who lives in Park Slope, I think. Okay. And he, I've got another friend who lives out there, but that yeah, the last time I came through, I was out. And so I don't know. I have no geographic idea as to how far those are apart, but that was where I was the last time.
1: Park Slope is about 15, 20 minutes south of me driving with no traffic. Okay um or about an hour from me walking and taking the subway okay and that's only because the subway is super convoluted if you want to like avoid going back into manhattan
0: okay i w- i was surprised at how clean like compare i don't know if you've ever ridden the l or been in chicago and ridden public transportation but like I was expecting it to be the exact same in New York. And it was, like, super clean and nice. I was like, damn, like, this is legit. (laughs) You
1: know, it's, like, really funny you say that because I feel like it probably, I mean, I've never ridden the L train in Chicago, but, like, I've heard about it. And I feel like it probably, like, the Chicago elevated train is, like, similar to, like, the NYC subways in, like, the 70s and 80s and (laughs) mid-90s. And, like, it's gotten way cleaner, but contrasting that, like, my girlfriend's Parents are both Hong Kong natives and like their subway system is first off like crazily punctual. Yeah. Like so punctual that like one when I was there with her, like we missed the train once and like I like, I was upset about it. And she was like, What are you upset about? There'll be another one in two minutes. And I'm kind of like, What are you talking about? You just missed the train. And she's yeah. like, Sure enough, we'll another train's there in two minutes, it's that I'm <laughs> like but like beyond that, like when her parents came here to visit, like they were kind of like just looking at the subway and then like looking at me and being like, why do you assholes live here? It's just like-
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So you, so you've been, you've been to Hong Kong. That's pretty incredible. Um, and where, how far in the world have you, but that was like personal. You're, you're, you said that's your girlfriend's family's out there.
1: Well I, mean, I also played there with Glassstraw
0: actually. The first wow. time I went to Hong Kong was for a Glassjaw show. So that's what I was gonna ask. How far how far in the world have you travelled for touring and that I mean, that's pretty fucking sweet. It's <laughs>
1: oddly enough, I've done like very little in like Europe, but I've like, you know, I've been to Australia a bunch of times and I've been to Hong Kong, which is weird. <laughs> and then also some crazy how I've never been to Japan, despite the fact that like it seems like bands of our bands ilk seem to do really well in Japan, but yeah. like, every opportunity that was ever presented fell through for some crazy reason, you know?
0: So where where would you say is the place you enjoyed going to the most? I mean, <laughs> Australia, Hong Kong. That's, I, I don't even know how you really compare the two, but is there one that you liked more than the other?
1: I mean, I like Hong Kong because Hong Kong like reminds me of like New York, but like, like
0: it's cleaner and
1: like, because the first language is in English, I never have to talk to anybody <laughs> if I don't want to, do, which is super convenient to me.
0: So that's your ideal place, is a place that's like New York, but where English isn't the first language, so you don't have to be bothered by anyone.
1: Well, I mean, like, there's, there's, it's more complicated than that. It's also, I, I do really like the culture, and I okay. do feel really, like, I mean, like, you know, like, I'm a sucker for some, like, really sick Asian food, so it's like, yeah. Hong Kong is lousy with it, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, so it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, great public transportation. Nobody wants to talk to me. It's great. It's perfect.
0: <laughs> and what, what is playing out there like? Because that's, I mean, going up, going out after a show or like just traveling on days off and wandering around is one thing. But like playing to a completely different kind of crowd, is it better, worse, the same?
1: It was cool. I mean, there was actually a bunch of kids that like flew to Hong Kong from the Philippines, from Manila. Nice. Wow. see us play, yeah. which was like kind of rad. So like we like hung out. Cause like there's no like public like, open container laws in Hong Kong. It's, oh. like, it's like a British protectorate. And like, so like we would like, you know, hang out with these kids out in front of like the freaking place we played. And I like, talked to them for a while That's and stuff. And like, everybody was just like super welcoming and super just like nice and excited to talk, you know? That's awesome. That and then also,
2: for months. I mean, this is more of like
1: a specific kind of thing, but like, our booking agent shit, dude, slash to tour run. manager at the time with Last no,
2: Job. Like shit, dude, after the run.
1: show, uh, we went to this uh, like twenty four hour like noodle shop. Okay, and you know like, you're in Hong Kong, you figure you have great access to like just right. the best Chinese food, right? This dude orders spaghetti bolognese and fucking. Hong Kong. <laughs> it was like the most kind of like regrettable philistine. Noodle- <laughs> My entire
0: life. <laughs> well, that's like that's like any story here of people who go to Japan. Like, oh, I went to the McDonald's like three times. I'm like, how do you go to McDonald's when you're in Japan? Like, how is that a thing? But every person who goes goes there at least at least once. I mean, it is.
1: I mean, the re, the reality is like the McDonald's are different overseas, right. specifically in Asia. But it's like it's not different enough where that would be like my first choice. Right. Like, you know, I mean, I don't go to McDonald's <laughs> here, so I'm sure it shouldn't
0: in <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That that's awesome, man. I mean, I can't. We we only ever almost went to Europe once, and outside of that, it was nothing. So just the idea of like, all right, now you're gonna take a 14 hour plane to you know also to wherever Hong Kong or like a 20 hour flight to Australia, and then figure out how to wake up from that in a couple of days and then play in sweaty, hot-ass area and then just fly right back? Like, that just sounds insane. I don't know. I mean, that... I don't know if I'm, there like, some sort of a masochist, but, like,
1: that's <laughs> I'm doing, it, man. Like, especially because, like, the first time I flew to Australia, like, I, like took like an Ambien with like a cocktail on the runway and like yeah, fell asleep yeah. on the runway. <laughs> and I woke up, good I woke up in Auckland that. 14 All hours time. later. You know.
0: <laughs> that sounds like the ideal way to go. Just go to, just nod off and wake up and you're there. Exactly. It was great. Highly recommend it. <laughs>
1: you know I mean?
3: So yeah.
0: I, and I see every now and then I'll see if you'll post stuff <laughs> on Facebook or people will tag you. I just see you like, kind of bounce around and playing all kinds of random shows like what so what are you doing yeah what are you doing now just kind of catching shows here and there
1: i mean i've been me and manny have been doing this band called burn that was like an old new york hardcore band that we both grew up listening to okay and so we've been doing shows with them for like the last year or so Aside from that, we've been doing, like, you know, like, random, like, session work here and there. Like, me and him have been working on this thing with this classical violinist who's ridiculous. That's awesome. He wants to to do, like, a, a, basically, like, a free jazz record kind of thing. Awesome. And so, it's, like, super outside of my comfort zone, and therefore, it's, like, super fun, you know? Yeah. Um, So, we've been doing that. And then, really, like, you know, I just basically try to say yes as often as I can. Yeah. Never. why not i get 30 yeah, i just I generally be playing than not
0: yeah yeah and if you've got the time and you're available to do it i mean you're you're too good a drummer to just like pick up an office job that would that would make me sad to hear
1: i don't know i mean i've been looking into that too i mean, I, I mean like, <laughs> at this point i mean i'm 35 now so like stability sounds like almost kind of like i know that i said i didn't really want this but this might be actually kind of awesome
0: <laughs> it's it's funny because like so when we were touring i'd talk to my buddies and they'd be like yeah i got office jobs i hate it i fucking hate my life and then at the time i was like yeah that sounds awful i'll never do that and then once i left and went to school and started like working those jobs i was like yeah i'm kind of into it like same thing like yeah i know when i'm gonna get home i know what my check is all right i can get into that like <laughs> it's not so bad
1: yeah. i mean you know like that's never seemed like terribly unappealing to me all i mean the only conceit yeah. is that like i'm definitely the kind of person where like if i wake up and like see the same scenery too many days right. in a row i right. get a little bit squirrely sometimes sure but i'm not sure if that was like something that was like <laughs> i was predisposed to as a youngster and like now it's kind of like i'm old and boring and it's kind of like you know <laughs> literally i making miso soup all night you know like i'm, I'm pretty but, fucking domestic.
0: but that sounds like a great night just a night of hanging with friends and miso soup that's a solid night to me as well
1: I'm not complaining.
0: (laughs) So what, I guess when you, when you look back on all this crazy bouncing around bands, playing shows and shit, like I don't even know what highlights would stand out, but are there things that you like, did you like being in one band over the other? Did you just like, Oh, I liked going to Hong Kong with this band at one time. Like what are the things that like stand out to you in that like mishmash of all that?
1: I mean, I don't know
0: how you feel about these kind of things, but I mean like, I kind of feel like
1: they're all very different experiences because there's different people involved and right. different Let's levels say. of things involved. But, like, I mean, like, there are even things, like, with, like, tours that at the time when I was on them, I was like, like this is fucking terrible. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> and I just, like, having, like, terrible anxiety attacks and, like, I can't keep food down and I'm just throwing up all the time. And, like, Man. but, like, I look back on those things almost fondly now because, you know nostalgia yeah. tends to do that kind of thing. Yeah. But
2: um, yeah, it was like, yeah, I mean, like,
1: I, I like, I like all of those things for different reasons.
0: Well, that's, that's a totally, that's like a side I haven't had to talk with someone about with yet. And that's super interesting to me. Like, cause most times you think that's another assumption. You're in a band, you're touring, you're having the time of your life all the time. It's a party all the time, but you're saying like, you're just, you're having anxiety attacks. Like you're stressing out, like, that's yeah, a sure. whole other aspect to it that like no one would assume is happening to anyone in a touring band.
1: Oh, it could be like just really terribly fucking stressful. So I, I mean, like, soup amazing. You should have a bite.
2: Uh, <laughs> can can that, I work that, work it up a little bit?
0: You should probably do that as well. <laughs> <laughs> like was that happening just happening in early days or throughout touring? Like you'd have random like bouts of like I don't I can't fucking do this right now. Like I gotta get the hell out of here.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like, okay.
0: I've had it happen over the years for different
1: reasons at different levels. I mean, like, I mean, it's also kind of like your life changes. I mean, you know, like when I was first started doing this, I was like pretty fucking punk. I was kind of like, yeah, I'm just gonna do this forever, man. Fuck this shit. You know, I don't care. I'll die in a van. This would be great. Like, you know, and then you turn 20 and that's no longer okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, generally as you like progress as a human being like you know the things that are no longer acceptable to you change you know yeah but you know like there's been a lot of times that i've been like you know completely like anxiety ridden for a variety of different reasons and like you know sometimes it's because like you know when i was like you know in my like early 20s it was like just terrible tours we're not making any money and like the people I'm playing with are like st- stressing me out and being like, "Hey man, like we spent all the gas money on the pot man. It's so far out." I'm kind of like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like, you know, <laughs> and you know, shit like that. Yeah. And then, you know, as you get older, it's just like other th- just personality things and like people just being incompatible with you as a human being. Yeah,
0: that's that's
1: something yeah, that like, like I think I- you should on the podcast if anybody wants to come to my yeah, house wow, wow. for miso soup uh, <laughs> give them my address <laughs> um,
0: i should i should have lined this up for a, uh, a new york trip so i could add some miso soup that sounds legit exactly man i mean we could do another one man. Like, this has been <laughs> fun awesome um but no i think that's totally like another aspect that no one even thinks about is like yeah you're you're with these three or four or five however many people in the band all the time so again you would just assume oh if you're in a band you're going to get along all the time but when it when when all of a sudden you're with these people like constantly all the time and then there's money involved and you're on you know little sleep and promoters start fucking around with you like when that stress starts to build up you start to see the real these real sides of these people and you're like i don't think i can fucking be in this band with you anymore (laughs) like i don't think we actually get along when it comes down to it it's actually like i mean
1: i mean did you do any bus touring or were you always in a van
0: We did the only bus tour we did was when we did warp tour for the six weeks. uh, We split a bus. That was the only time, though.
1: Okay. So I feel like it's easier to like navigate those kinds of things if you're in a bus because there's more space to get the fuck away from people. Right. But if you're in a van, it's like you're in those people's face all day. So if you guys are not getting along, like that shit is like super in your face all day. Yeah. you know, like there's been times where, like, you know, like I'm like a very mild dude generally speaking, and I don't have like a quick temper. But like, there's been a couple times where I've almost like beaten bandmates to death over like <laughs> something that would have been just like you know a mild slight right. in their context. You know, like I just I would have walked away, but because I had to sit right behind him. You know, why are you
2: guys video chatting?
1: Because it's a podcast. <laughs> it's not going to be a video component to it. So you don't
2: have like FaceTime or Skype?
1: Well this is Skype?
3: Just
2: so. Oh, I mean,
1: like I, I do have the video, but I mean, I think the audio is going to sound better if we're not sending out the bitstream with video, and that's going to be what's all important. And like, I feel like the the screaming Boston Terrier is actually a pretty solid stand-in for him as the avatar. <laughs> <laughs>
3: His, like, pants life,
0: <laughs> it's it's actually because I don't have a fucking face, guys. All right.
1: Yeah. You guys are so insensitive about his facelessness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm like the elephant man over here. I don't want to bring it Sorry. up.
1: But... My, apparently, my roommates are just like not so PC. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and... Oh, good man. That I mean, just I think even just the few things we talked about, like. Like you said, like being like get, having the right personalities, like in a touring band stuff that the normal person who doesn't interact, they go and see a band, you know, they go to a show, they see them, and they're like, Oh, look at these guys, they have fun on stage. And then they don't even think about outside of that, like how these people all try to get along and then, you know, 12 hour drive overnight just to play another show. Like it's, I'm not saying woe is them or woe is us or anything, but it's just, yeah, there's a, there's the whole other aspect to it is what, is what interests me and, in, you know, talking about that stuff. I, I just love anyone. I- talking about it insane, man like
1: there's been times where i've said things to people that are like, like i remember telling somebody like, like why don't you go color while the big people are talking at some point, <laughs> <laughs>
3: like,
1: kind of like things that like looking back on it i'm kind of like i can't believe i said that to somebody that i actually like you know like
0: <laughs> but that that's an incredible insult that's not go fuck yourself that's not get out of my face that's what <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go color while the, while the adults talk? Is that what you said? Or while the big boys talk?
1: <laughs> I think I said while the big people are talking, but you know, just even like more kind of like condescending. Actually, yeah. I think adults would be a little bit like, kind of like, oh, that's actually all a right. sentence. But big people kind of makes it like, I'm, yeah. you don't know what the word adults means. So I'm going to
0: break down <laughs> for you. I mean, I'm going to take it another step and condescend on another level.
1: Exactly. Well,
0: that, that's but, yeah. great. <laughs> so
1: yeah, it can be crazy, man. I mean, you know, like I, I, I'm trying to think of like specific examples of just like I've what that's like. There. But I mean, like yeah. it's it's kind of hard to encapsulate the actual experience of like just being stuck with people, especially if you're not super duper getting along.
0: Right. Well, and it's it's funny because the before dr manhattan started we were in another band that eventually became dr manhattan and we were about to go on our first tour and the more we got closer to it we're like i don't i don't even think we can do this and then it that band disbanded and then we became dr manhattan but like like up and like i think i think on paper in bands and whatever else you know whatever anyone does but like on paper a lot of ideas sound good and then you start to like really try to figure it out and you're like yeah i don't I don't know if, like, once we start not having money and we're in each other's faces and we don't have a place to sleep, like, if I'm actually going to, are we just going to fight? Like, are we going to we gonna throw hands in a Walmart parking lot or what's going to happen?
1: I mean, there's been a lot of, I mean, like, I have a, actually a good, like, anecdote for when things aren't going so well. I mean, this is actually probably the best case scenario to some degree, but, like... My band Classic Case, we had put out our second and also consequently last record. And we were like just on this terrible fucking tour. It was the last tour we did. And like we kind of knew it was like ending. And so we were like sleeping in like Flying J parking lots every night. And like just out of like desperation, like for amusement, like I would get like
2: beers at the Flying
1: J. Yeah. And then. I would also like buy like the Wi-Fi in the Flying J parking lot. Yeah, we would just like edit our Facebook band bio that Fearless (laughs) Records had like paid for, because like band buyers are always kind of like weird and stilted and kind of like right. They always sound a little bit too tough for their own good. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you know, classic case if they keep. Ordering their fans or what I mean. It's just like, it's kind of like crazy attitudes that are just kind of like, they seem like, I don't know. I don't even know where they would actually be in place, but they just seem out of, out of place when talking about music to me. Right. Cause it's just like this old school, like metal rock and roll eighties kind of way of talking about like music. And it's kind of like, that's not who we are really.
0: Well, they got to get your attention with
1: words. Yeah. But I mean like we would like edit those to like say like crazy things, like, you know, and like, it'd be like, you know, Uh, whatever like if they were like kind of like if classic case keeps killing it live whatever's like and we would like edit it to be like kind of like if classic case keeps killing their fans and dragging them into the call space underneath their house like you know and like it was like it was like our way of like coping with everything going wrong was to just constantly rewrite the fucking bio even though like by like noon the next day somebody at fearless whoever that was i'm sorry would like have to re-edit it to actually be the right thing again and not totally insane
0: (laughs) that's great that's that's a perfect that's a perfect little uh summary of i mean uh, we we were never a band where people like labels really got involved in that way so just hearing that that you just kept basically fucking with whoever that was just to be like look this is you know what we're we're having a we're not having a great time. This is how we're gonna get our kicks. We're just gonna put this up and fuck with this guy that way.
1: <laughs> yeah, what wasn't like we were trying to fuck with them yeah. per se. Just kind of like blowing off. I just thought it was funny. I thought yeah. it was like taking yourself super seriously as like in musical entity always just felt a little bit ridiculous to me. Right. I mean, I understand that. Like you know, if think like, if you're Rihanna, you kind of have to fucking do that. But we're totally <laughs> not that. Like, you know, it's like we can afford to have a bit of a sense of humor about everything because everything's kind of a fucking joke right now. You know, it's like, and so it's like, you know, it was always just super weird whenever people like, would like come into the picture on the management or label side and want to be very kind of like, almost like they want to be provocative, but it just ends up being kind of like douchey. And like, I'm just kind of like, my name is on this. I don't want to do that. Right.
0: Well, that's, I, most people that I talk to have just been in, for the most part, yeah, been in, involved with, like recorded one kind of big band or been played for one band, committed to that, didn't really jump around too much or just played in some local bands. So just hearing that, even the same kind of, um, just like the same kind of bullshit, yeah, I mean, no matter what level of band you're in, you're still going to deal with the same, the same kind of bullshit. It's 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 just at a different scale. There's more people at the show, but there's just the same butting heads and even if you're on a bus and you can get to your separate corners, it doesn't matter. You still gotta you still gotta deal with that shit.
1: To some degree I kind of feel like things can actually get way worse on a bus because like you're not forced to confront each other. Whereas again like, in a van, like you can only realistically like Sustain that kind of animosity for so long before it comes to a head, you know. Right. Whereas we're on a bus, like things can really fall apart because it's just like, I can just go hide in my bunk. Fuck you. I don't want to talk to you. Whatever. You know, it's, it's different. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I got you know when I was like doing like van tours with like Classic Case, like you know, there were a lot of times where like me and. Whoever, I mean, I think specifically, my old guitar player Mitchell and me would butt heads a lot. We're like, we would just get into it, and like, we'd get hot for a second. We're like, we'd be kind of like, you know, one of us would be like, "I'm gonna fucking punch you in the face," and the other person would be like, "I don't think that's a really great idea." And then like, (laughs) eventually, we'd like actually like talk about how we felt about the situation, and like things would kind of resolve themselves in some capacity. But like in a boss, it's kind of like you, you can have these like passive aggressive kind of like avoidance kind of things going on for like way longer than is healthy that can like ultimately just break down and be like, kind of like, all right, fuck you. I'm never talking to you again, you know? And then it's over.
0: Oh man. Even, even thinking about like, like I hung out with Andrew last night, he came over and saw the baby. We uh, had dinner and stuff and, even just thinking about being like, if someone's if someone you know messaged me it was like, "Oh, you got to go on a six week tour tomorrow," I I don't, I just couldn't even wrap my head around that right now. Not not to say you know it it's like impossible to conceive it, but just how little there was into doing it, like go that went into going on those things before, and how much it would take to like make that happen. Now it's like a whole different world, just in the span of you know a few years.
1: How long um, have you been out of it for now?
0: Um. Well. Yeah, probably like yeah, five, like five years, five I mean,
1: six that's years. A lot, then. Yeah. I mean, like, I've been with like, especially just since like quitting. Like, you get used to things. I mean, yeah. since quitting last year, like, the first year was a lot of me just kind of like struggling with like. It, it's weird when you do something for long enough; it becomes such a huge part of your identity. Right, and, like, oh, you know, like I didn't really. It's, it happens so subtly you don't really you're not really aware of it so like I was unaware of how much like my identity was kind of to some degree hinged upon I'm Daraja Gra- who plays in Glassjaw yeah. like, you know I, there's always that kind of conceit and like for the last year it's been a lot of me oh, being God. like kind of like trying to be like okay well now that that's not who I am who the fuck am I like right. you know what am I about now and it's trippy, man. But like, yeah. you know, I, and I totally get the opposite too, where it's like, you know, once you get used to just like being in one spot with some sort of kind of like semblance of stability, it's like the idea of like, wait, you want me to do what? Like yeah. get in this van and just drive for six months? <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and it's it's totally that, and even and even just being like, oh, I'm just not. I'm gonna be gone for six weeks, and when we would tour before money was never really a thing because we lived at our parents' houses and whatever money we came back with was, you know, about the same or less than what we had. So we didn't give a shit. But now it would be like every day I would just be stressing the money. Like, and and it would would just take the whole fun out of like the whole point of doing it.
1: I mean, really, I mean like having a kid obviously changes things. I mean, really having a kid should change things because like, if it doesn't, then like you're fucking up, probably, you know, like
0: yeah. The the guys who are in bands with, who have kids at home or fan like that blows hard. my mind. I mean, I respect that they do it and they grind that shit out, but like I could not imagine it. I couldn't imagine it.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I, I, mean, I don't, I don't have a kid, and like, so I mean, like, you know, it, it's it's pointless for me to even talk about. Like, I mean, like, I can kind of imagine yeah. it, but like, you're not. I'm imagining- like, leaving my dog. For exactly. A time, just,
0: you know, it's, you You can kind of figure out that, like, oh, before, you would just have to worry about yourself and call in to your girlfriend or whatever, or like, Skype with whoever now and then, and that was mm-hmm. enough for that. But, like, yeah, I mean, she she's four months old, so if we left her a two-month tour, it's like, oh, I missed half of her life already. <laughs> like, that's, like, <laughs> conceiving, like, what that actually means, and, like, yeah, you miss like, milestones that happen. It's like, oh, yeah, there's more to this than me just going out and having fun and continuing you know, progressing this, you know, career I'm I'm um, that I'm going for. It's yeah, there's there's all these other consequences that come with it and is that worth doing it? Is it worth, you know, going out for that anymore?
1: Sure. I mean, I guess that's kind of a personal decision and I'm right. not, you know, I'm not giving anybody shit who does that, but it just seems like it's got to be like kind of like a difficult kind of thing to live with in some capacity because you know like you it's you know i mean i grew up with like you know parents who traveled too but like you know like you know like my mom was gone for like four days at a clip or something like that frequently i was a kid because she was a flight attendant and like when i was really young that shit was a bummer for me man like those four days felt like fucking forever yeah so it's like you know, for a young kid, like, you know, like have like, you know, like one of their like parents be gone for like, you know, six weeks at a clip kind of thing. It's like, that's
0: yeah, probably
1: got to be rough for, I mean, presumably for both people involved.
0: Right. Know? Yeah. I, uh, I tip my hat to those who figure out a way to do it and, or if you can bring your families along or whatever way you can make it work. But yeah, that, it, it just seems like all the stresses would outweigh whatever good is coming from it. Unless you're like fucking you two or something, then, you know, you just do whatever the fuck you want.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I think Bono's children all live in
0: Africa. And they're all-, <laughs> all of Africa's children are Bono's. I thought, I thought that's how that worked. Yeah. Right. Like, I think that's how that works. <laughs> but they all
1: get those same kind of glasses or whatever.
0: <laughs> and a red iPod. It, it comes with, it's the kit. It's the kid kit. Oh man. You think good. people in Africa
1: are bummed about that YouTube record? Like they like woke up and <laughs> kind of like, the fuck is
0: this shit? I don't they want they this probably shit. got it for free. I think they he at least hooked it up for them too. All their iPhones came uh stocked with it. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh man, I don't know. I, I don't even I I feel bad, I feel bad taking up more of your time, but is there any like I don't know, any any good solid random tour stories you look back on fondly or any any bad ones i mean i when i talked to uh nick newsham gatsby's i had no idea that they flipped a van and almost killed themselves like that i mean there's always those crazy stories or
1: actually some crazy how don't have any of like that type of like near-death experience tour story like yeah knock wood because i've been thinking you figure if you do it for long enough it's not yeah. a matter of like if it's a matter of when kind of you know i mean like i hope i didn't just just jinx myself because I think I'm doing. I'm doing like like uh the band Burn that I'm playing with is doing a tour with Bane
0: uh in a month or two. Okay. So, oh wait, is isn't that their final? Is that their final tour?
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, like I, I mean, like I don't know. I think they announced that tour and we were on it. And then like right after that, that site thehardtimes.net put out that song, like <laughs> that, song, uh, that article about like Bane announces next last last final tour till next final tour
0: <laughs> I saw that too and I was like wait so is it it is their last tour or it isn't I couldn't tell if hard times was fucking with them or like actually they had done well, this a couple times
1: with them but I I don't really know enough about yeah. being they've done like that multiple times or whatever but you know that I guess that's obviously like the implication is like there have been multiple but a lot of bands do do that yeah um, but so they were doing a tour with Bain And so it's kind of like, you know, like I'm always just terrified on like driving tours now, man, especially because yeah. like the last bunch of years of my life has been mostly like fly dates with glass Jar, where it's like my driving is very limited. It's like, you know, I'm, we're renting like a minivan and driving from the airport to like the festival grounds or whatever. Yeah. So like, to be like back out in like a van with a, presumably a trailer like driving like long stretches again is yeah kind of a little bit daunting to me because I'm kind of like i don't know if I should be like you know rolling those dice still because i've I rolled them a lot,
0: yeah, yeah, and I feel like all the time like on thread sites it's always the I don't think I can go a week without seeing some van trailer has been broken into I'm like when did this become a thing that happens every week, like multiple times a week. Sometimes like
1: I think it happens all, I mean, it's been happening for years, but it's been getting worse and worse yeah. because like, I think I well, like figure it out. It's kind of like, if you see like a 15 pass and like a trailer, it's like yeah. there's in them hills kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a bummer, man, especially because it's like, you know, like, I mean, like, I, yeah, I see it so regularly now. It's like, you know, so-and-so lost everything. Yeah donate to their go fund me i'm kind of like the two bucks that i have to donate to that it's not kind of i mean you know <laughs> yeah. you could buy like one guitar string but like <laughs> it's not really gonna do a whole lot for them it's just like i mean like it's great that that kind of thing exists right. for right that are of a certain stature but if you're like a band that's like a baby band and like nobody really super duper cares about you yet it's like you're fucking that's over that's it yeah you know, like go back to work and buy new instruments and then you can try again later. Kind of thing.
0: <laughs> It's like the end of a video game. So uh, start again, question mark.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's horrifying.
0: Well, and you can only do like, I feel like there's, there's like a threshold of, you know, you can only do so many Kickstarters and GoFundMes until people are like, you know, I feel, I feel like they're just going to roll your, their eyes at you or be like, you know, are you done? Like, are you just going to, are you panhandling online now or what? Like,
1: I mean, it's like super oversaturated. And like some of the things that I see are like, at least on the surface seem like totally worthy causes. It's like, you know, so-and-so needs help getting a new spleen. It's like, right. I want to have somebody get a new spleen. <laughs> like, I, I wish we lived in a place that was like built in a way where somebody didn't have to like essentially, high-tech panhandle to get a new spleen. Yeah. But here we yeah. are.
3: Yeah. But yeah,
1: no, it's, but yeah I mean, it totally. It's like, you almost get kind of like inert to the fact that these people are probably legitimately in need because it's just, it's so many people are in need, but you're just kind of like, I can't even deal with this shit, you know? Right. And yeah. like, I, that might actually be kind of damaging. And like, that's why, like, I mean, like there's like the funny, funny, not so funny stuff as well. where like, you know, I spent all my money on Powerball tickets or whatever, GoFundMe, and it's kind of like Yeah. Okay. This is exactly why I'm suspicious of everybody. Yeah. Of
0: but Yeah, there's always gotta be a bad a bad apple in the bunch. Ruin it for the rest of you.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is why we can't have nice things now.
0: It's <laughs> true. It is very true. Well oh, good man. Ah fuck. This has been great. Thank you for like last minute randomly just jumping on Skype and doing this with me. I would i totally would want to do it again at a time that gives you some notice and you can not just scramble to have to, you know, cut into your Thursday night miso soup hangout. But uh it's <laughs> it's been it's been excellent because I and when I when I posted like future interviews, yours was easily the one that people were like most excited about. So I was like, all I right.
1: I'm surprised right. that like people care. Because I always kind of feel like such a, like, I mean, well, I mean, you know, you get it, man. Fucking drummers. like You're <laughs> almost kind of a non-entity, you know? Yeah. It's like, so it's like, and so it's like always kind of like shocking to me that people are kind of like legitimately interested. I mean, you know, like, I always forget that, like, I actually have some sort of like publicly traded import kind of thing. And yeah. like occasionally, yeah. like, I'll say something just very unguarded to somebody online who's like into one of the bands that I've played with. And like, I'm not thinking about it really, right. but I mean like it'll like end up on like PRP, like in like an hour and a half or 10 hours or whatever. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, really? My, my dumb quote that I wrote on like Facebook messenger is like, right. Fucking is like, it's, it's bizarre. So, <laughs> I just I, I can't take myself seriously like that. You're so a
0: gotta, you're a somebody too, Daraja. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> well, that's man. that's part of why like like there's podcasts and people and different things that interview like just the singers and the main from it. But like I'm not one of those guys, and I know that the other people in bands are like you know just as interesting or have even better stories. Or like I don't like that that perspective is good, and uh, you know I'll grab one of them once in a while. But like you know I'm much I. I relate much more to the person who like kind of hides behind the scenes a little more who either does production stuff or has a drum kit or something gigantic to block them and don't like Have
1: Casey yet.
0: Casey Bates. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Um, I, we actually did a long ass interview and it ended up being a two parter. So we talked. Yeah.
1: I have to listen to that, man. Cause I, I dig on like a lot of like the Gatsby shit that he did. And then says, well actually, by the way, I mean, I, I guess you could probably edit this the fuck out, but, I need to get a copy of the Dr. Manhattan record. If you have it, you could send me because yeah. I don't have it anymore. My, my old iPod deleted itself.
0: Yeah. Do you mean like vinyl or, or digital?
1: Just a digital. I mean, yeah. like I, I'm not a vinyl collector. My, my, my father did that and now I have to get rid of it all.
0: So, uh, yeah, I can definitely send it to you. I can send you yeah any of this shit, any of the shit you want.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would love to have that available to me because I remember really enjoying your stuff. So, ah,
0: thanks it's, man. Yeah. I will, uh, I'll get that over to you. I'll just grab, I'll text you and grab your email and then I'll, I'll send it over to you.
1: All right, man. Um, yeah. So it's like, you know, like, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming we're more, more or less done for the evening, but yeah, like, man. if anything doesn't work out in ter- terms of like sound quality or just like noise levels or whatever, and you want to just kind of like, re chat some shit. I mean, obviously it won't go down exactly the same way because I actually no. don't have this written now speaking extemporaneously, but
0: no, this was great, man. I loved every part of it and I will not change it. I like leaving it unedited and just all the noise and your roommates in the background. It was perfect, man. Marvelous. Hey. Uh,
1: uh, I mean, so we're going to work When can we uh expect our royalties for the podcast?
0: <laughs> man, if you if you expected to get money from anything you've been doing, then you are sorely <laughs> mistaken. You should have learned that lesson by now.
1: Yeah, I know I should. <laughs> Do you see that? Are you Are we friends on Instagram because I have, I have like I posted like one of my old royalty statements from classic case. Oh God. I got it.
0: I didn't know you were on Instagram. I got to find you on there. That sounds hilarious. <laughs> it's,
1: it's you have to look up how to spell it. Cause I can't tell you, but it's Askenaji okay. Osborne. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I, have, I got this statement from like years of like royalties or whatever. And it was like
0: 50 bucks or whatever. I was kind of like,
1: yay, it was all worth it.
0: And yeah. <laughs> It was all worth it. And that'll be the name of this episode. It was all worth it.
1: It was all worth it. <laughs> it was all a dream. All...
0: <laughs> Thank you, dude. I, pre- I appreciate it. I appreciate you giving some time on a Thursday night. Go uh, go, warm up that miso soup and uh, enjoy yourself.
1: I'm going to do the fuck out of that, man. <laughs> but uh, you take it easy, and uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime.
0: Yes, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. No doubt, man. Take it easy, buddy. You too, man.